The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Tuesday, June 16th, Fireside Chats Without the Fires, a midweek or almost midweek doozy. We have a sensational guest today. We're going to introduce in a second. Paul, you're with me, aren't you? I'm with you. I'm always with you, Neil. How are you doing on this happy Tuesday? Or oh, Wednesday for me, as it is now. Yeah, exactly. On your side of the world, it is Wednesday. And almost midweek doozy here. Uh, this is Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Anything and everything contact center, call center, customer care related, we have a guest extraordinaire. Now, I'm going to make sure that I pronounce his last name correct because I've been practicing for the last four and a half week, weeks. Nick Glimsdahl. Nick, did I get it right? It was perfect. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Practice makes perfect. Nick is the director, comma, Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Before we get into lots of questions, tell us, Nick, what is VDS for those of us that are not familiar with your firm? Yeah, so so VDS, um, our whole goal is to focus on customer and employee experiences um, and driving that through cloud contact center solutions. So uh, at the end of the day, our goal is to sit down and understand the current state of a, uh, a prospect, uh, see what's the right fit for them, listen in on the calls, uh, look at their business objectives and their KPIs and, and a bunch of other stuff. Usually we spend a, a, a day uh, inside that environment. From that, we design and implement a solution uh, that is the right fit for them. Um, after it goes live, uh, typically a value-added reseller is, uh, I call it the, the easy bake oven where you kind of just set it and forget it. But uh, our goal is to continue to drive uh, efficiency and value by doing QBRs and then we actually provide a 24 by seven managed service solution for our customers. Get it and set it, was that the one? Set it and forget it, it's like easy set to pick up. Yeah. Love it, I love it. I, I literally just hit the submit button on the, on the patent on that one, I love it. <laughs> uh, Nick, you have recently also started a podcast. I had the pleasure of being the first guest on it. I will tell you honestly, I, I was really honored that. Tell the audience a little bit about your podcast, the name of it and what the spirit of it is. Yeah, so uh, the name of the podcast is Press One for Nick. Uh, nobody likes to press beyond one or, or zero or yell representatives. So uh, my goal is to make it as easy as possible. Uh, and similar to what you guys are doing, you know, it's I interview customer service and customer experience executives, leaders, professionals, uh, listen to their stories, best practices, and lessons learned. Um, you know, it's taken off only because Neil Toff uh, was the first episode. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, everybody wants to now has been calling me to get on this podcast uh, because of you. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> uh, we have a great topic for today. Certainly that ties into, I think, what you do in your, 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 uh, your work life, your paid life, which is we're going to talk about work from home 2.0. We've all gone through this thing that we're not going to name for the last several months, this, this virus thing that everyone's you know sick of, but has figured out ways to get around and to operate. And you as an expert in so many things, but especially um, the cloud, talk to us what work from home 2.0 means, what it looks like, what's out there in, in, in this 2.0 new reality. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think there's a lot of really awesome opportunity for uh, work from home 2.0. Um, if we look through this uh, unnamed craziness that we've gone through here recently, um, there was a lot of discomfort and pain of uh, trying to get people to go home. I've, I've heard crazy stories of uh, people uh, people that had 
hundreds and hundreds of contact center agents having their their um, customer service representatives bring their desktop computers home, connect to VPN, and say, hey, on your kitchen island, put this thing up there, and best of luck on the quality. Um, and, and hope that the power doesn't go out at HQ, which it did. Um, and so that they had to go back and try to figure this process out. But, you know, it, you know with a lot of other people um, of companies that were freaked out of working from home, uh, that option, uh, that they were kind of forced into this work from home solution uh, or opportunity. So it wasn't actually that bad for the ones that were prepared. Um, if you think about the future state, this work from home, I think it's going to be more of a hybrid approach. Uh, some people are like, hey, I just want to get rid of, get away from my kids and my dog and, and, and actually go back into the office and communicate with people. Um, but there's going to be a lot of people that were like, hey, you know what? It's okay. I, I, I'm okay. I, I didn't want to drive in 45 minutes into work each way. Um, I, I enjoy spending time with my kids uh, at the end of the day at 530 or whatever time you get off work. Um, and so my, my perspective is going to be more of a hybrid approach, but it's going to, the, the leaders are going to have to be able to adapt to the needs of the employees, uh, not just the work-life balance, but the technology behind it. It's a lot to unpack here, a lot to double click on, as, as they say. Um, as an operator uh, and owner of a brick and mortar facility that has been forced to uh, move in and migrate towards work from home and, and cloud, um, it's, it sounds simple, but it's not. We have a ton of things that we're thinking about. I imagine Paul is thinking about as well with the, 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 the partners he manages. You know, we have two sites. That we're paying for, yeah, can't destruct the buildings. The buildings are there. The financial obligation to meet uh, the co the monthly cost of those buildings is is there. That's not going away. Got to make use of the building somehow. By the way, we've also found that not every employee is suited to sit at home. That's right. What do you do with that? Yeah, you know, it's 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 a long term play, right? You can't just it's not an overnight where you just flick the switch and say, hey, we're now 50% of us are going to work from home, um, you know, but there is the the CEO of Nationwide Insurance just announced in the last two weeks that said, hey, we're going to take um, 22 of our buildings that are not in Columbus, Ohio, which were where they're HQ'd and bring it down to four. Uh, and, and it's a long term play, right? It's not there. They're not saying it's going to happen overnight. Um, but there's other ones that uh, will have to find a way to be more efficient. You know, that there's other organizations that are trying to find ways to increase their, their organization. Maybe they don't have to buy that next building because some people are willing to work from home. Um, you know, the, another benefit is, uh, is, is you can work, uh, extend your operational hours or uh, because you have more talent that, that can operate from, uh, where Paul's located all the way to, to California. Certainly where Paul's located in the Philippines, you know, a lot of press has been covered about what they've done and what they haven't done. I think Paul's seen up close a lot of success stories, a lot of difficult stories, but, but, but managing and managing to get by and then getting into flourish mode. And then Paul, you know, you, you manage uh, some, some centers in this half of the world. Yeah. What are you seeing as 2.0? If you're seeing it at all, maybe you're not seeing it, but, what do you think of the so-called 2.0? I, th I think that's a great question for me because I've been through the whole spectrum of, of feelings about this. So 
neither of our partners were prepared for the work from home scenario. It wasn't nothing to do with them. It was just the fact of how quick COVID hit and how quick they had to move from a bricks and mortar to a work from home scenario. Um, one of the vendors has flourished since we've on to work from home. The other one has slightly struggled. Um, and honestly, I can't wait for the one who slightly struggled to go back to a bricks and mortar environment because it, it works for them. It, it's absolutely because of the way that they are set up and because of their leadership, um, the leadership, the, the people, the stars of leadership they've got in those kind of director roles. They need people on site. They're more of a interactive kind of type of management, if you will. What has surprised me is the way that the other contact center has been able to not only hit the con the floor running from a WF to work from home scenario, but also drive performance up where, you know, because I, so looking at it now, if you'd have asked me when we first gone into the COVID epidemic, I would have said, we have to have a, a, a large percent of our agents working from home, right? That's, that's the future. In, in my opinion, now, given the fact that we've got a contact center that's, that's really struggling, I'm not of that mindset anymore i think it's purely down to the individuals at each contact center that makes it work right um that that's in my opinion it's are you guys seeing though so for example do you see an individual agent or a shift or you know even a particular partner this is a question really for both of you do you have the ability or or, or nick have you seen uh decisions being made to pull people and mandate that they go back to the center just simply because of performance or perhaps they got bandwidth issues at home or there's equipment issues at home. It's always easy to blame it on the cloud. It's always easy to blame and blame and blame and deflect, but you want to get, you still got to drive performance just because we're, you know, I think the, the COVID grace period ended at about three or four days into it. Everyone is expecting performance and expecting responses and, and satisfaction and resolution. It doesn't matter whether you're sitting at home in the living room or not. Yeah, you know, for me, I think it that should be the expectation. It should be that uh, if you can um, meet or ex ex exceed the expectations uh, where we had set them prior to uh, this situation, great. You know, stay at home. It's the exact same thing of um, some people are really good on the phone. Some people really suck on chat and handling multiple conversations. Um, so setting those expectations and then creating metrics around those and training them as needed or like you said put the right providing them with a, a per diem or whatever that is for additional internet bandwidth to make sure that they have the right technology but if they're still going to struggle then they have the option to either go back into brick and mortar or go find another company nice i like it let me ask you a separate question. Let's change gears here. So we're talking about work from home 2.0 and as a cloud specialist, is there a cloud 2.0 or maybe a 3.0? And where are we in this whole generation of, of cloud? Everyone talks about the cloud and I think cloud has a bunch of different meanings and things like that to different people. But what, what are we talking about cloud here? What's, you know, not everyone is an expert, I guess, in our audience about cloud. What can you educate us on about what to look for for those that didn't go into the cloud or those that are in it? What's that next version look like? What do we look forward to in the cloud? Yeah, you know, a cloud can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. I think it's the exact same thing as customer experience. But if you're wanting focusing inside the contact center, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, I think it's 20%, maybe max right now, that have decided to go to the cloud. So there's plenty of opportunity for that. Um, it drives efficiencies. It's depending, depending on what you want to do as an organization, 
Uh, is it OpEx? Is it CapEx? Right? Is it um, how do you find ways to drive efficiencies through um, automation? Uh, if you think of uh, integrations, um, WFM, voice biometrics, um, you know, e even small stuff like virtual hold. Uh, there's a bunch of things that you can do to, to make the integration a seamless experience. Uh, the security is higher. There's no downtime. There's no patchwork. Uh, so there's a bunch of things that you can do to create a better experience for your customers and your employees. Uh, and, and you've probably seen this as the time, or both of you guys have, in, in the time that you've been uh, in the contact center. But how many applications do you guys have uh, open or, or your customer service representatives have open at one time? So how do you reduce that? that cost and and drive efficiencies through through even virtual agents. So what's uh what's some of the nuisance calls that you see that that people can potentially answer inside um you know inside that 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 agent experience. So um it's been it's been fun to to go in and continue to build the relationships with the partners, but then also build the relationship with the customers to continue to do what's best for them. So the 80%, I think you said 20% are in the cloud today. Of the 80% that are not in the cloud, so you're talking to many of those, I'm sure, on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. But do you actually get responses to say, no, I don't buy into the cloud. I don't agree. I'm not going to do it. And what do you say to them? Do you look at them and want to slap them in the face? Do you want to, you know, throw spitballs at them and give them, flip them the bird? I mean, how do you respond to a company that says, you know what, no, we're going to stick premise-based? So there's a lot of things that you could do, and I uh, maybe some of the things uh, I may or may not have wanted to do some of the things that you've mentioned. Um, however, you know, uh, my goal is to actually understand where they're at. Uh, if if sometimes it's miscommunication on, on the research that they've done or the information that that they've received from somebody else, um, sometimes they don't think it's secure. Sometimes they uh, are getting ready to retire after in, in three years, and they don't want to rock the boat. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of other kind of gotchas. Uh, maybe they, the uh, senior leaders don't think that it's a priority because the 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 point of contact inside the contact center didn't provide them with the right information to show them that is it is a, a a risk to the organization if the system goes down and you guys don't have a business continuity plan. Uh, so my goal is to continue to listen. Um, hear what they're saying, asking additional questions, either clarifying questions, and then from there providing them with, with information that I know, and and hopefully it's, it's uh it's the right fit for them. But I can't be all things to all people, right? You can't you can't say, hey, the here's this really awesome uh, solution for you. It's going to solve a bunch of your problems, and here's how we can do it, and here's how we can integrate it, here's how we can support it. And if they're like, yeah, we're good, and I call it this the, the Heisman, where they kind of have their, their old legacy technology where the football is, and they just kind of push it out and, and keep you at arm's distance. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, you know, maybe in, in six months, in 12 months, in, in a year, they're going to come back and say, hey, you know what, uh, I think it's a good time to start talking. And to be honest, like, this this uh, craziness that we've been going through has escalated a lot of people's conversations from, hey, I'm going to digitally transform my organization from um, from to 2022, 2023 to now it's Q3, Q4. That's awesome. I would say this to the audience. Those of you that are in that 80% that are not yet in the cloud, talk to this guy. Exactly. Authority. Talk to him. <laughs> Nick, as we wrap up the show, we have 
two parting questions for you. First, quotes. Give us, drop some knowledge on us. Share a couple yeah. quotes or one quote with us in the audience. What do you yeah. like resonates with you? Absolutely. So I, I like two quotes. The first one is Shep Hyken. Um, he uh, says, if we consistently exceed the expectations of employees, they will consistently exceed the expectations of our customers. And, and the second one is uh, Blake Morgan, and, and congrat congratulations, she just had a baby. Um, and, but the quote, yeah, so the quote, the quote says, uh, customer-focused companies think of technology as part of their customer experience strategy, always looking forward ways to make customer experience lives easier and better. That's deep. I like it. I like it. Parting thoughts. Who are your CX heroes for the week? Yeah, so I got I got two also. Uh, the first one is Nate Brown. Uh, Neil, you, you know the, the man. But uh, so Neil is the uh, chief experience officer at uh, Officium Labs. Uh, he has, uh, he does everything for uh, the CX community. He's got 1,700 members inside of his Slack channel. He's always responsive, always energetic, and always being willing to help. So he's number one. Uh, second Nate guy. Brown. Nate Brown, yeah. if you're listening, you got to get on the show. We're coming at you. Coming, <laughs> coming after you. You can run, but you can't hide. You got to come and come and join us. Yeah. Love Nate. You'll, you'll get a you'll get a message now from both of us. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> second guy is uh, a local guy here in Columbus. Uh, he helps me out with uh, the CXPA local chapter. Uh, his name is Jason Anderson. He is the director of customer experience at Brisk Heat. Uh, anything that I I say and and ask him for, he's always up up to the task and and willing to help. I say that uh, I'm, I'm the gas pedal to, to his engine. So uh, he's the, uh, and joke that he, I'm, I'm the Batman uh, to, and he's the Robin, but he, he, he jokes back at me and, and, and switches the bat. So um, those are the two guys I got uh, as my CX heroes of the week. Perfect. Nick, we love having you. Paul, you are, I'm not sure what you are. You're the engine or the gas pedal, but uh, parting thoughts, parting wishes as we close up the show. This has been brilliant. I've really enjoyed this. And Nick, there's so many questions I could have asked you. I think we're going to have to ha have you back because you're a wealth of knowledge. And I love your the language that you use and the passion that comes through in, in your terminology is second to none. So I really wanted to thank you for a being a fantastic guest and being a proud you know supporter of this podcast. It means the world to Neil and myself to have somebody like you on and to just to get a little bit of your insight and your expertise. It's been a wonderful experience for me. Thank you so, so much. I can only Nick. echo that. Nick, you're a sensational guest. We will definitely have you back on here. We wish you luck with the other 80% of the people who have said no thus far to the cloud. Those of you that are thinking about it, check Nick out. VDS is his company. And check out his podcast. It's a great podcast. What is it? Press one for Nick, right? Press one for Nick. It was, it's been my pleasure, guys. I appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. It was a great show. Take care, guys. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.